Hello, my good friends out there. Welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and this is The Informed Catholic. This is going to be episode 149, and we are going to do the readings today of um, 20th Sunday in Ordinary Time. The 20th Sunday in Ordinary Time. So, please, if you like what I do and you think I'm doing a good job, please subscribe and share. It would be a great help. I really would appreciate it. So, let's begin with the opening prayer, which is the act of contrition. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to please pray with me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion, Kyrie Elysion, Christe Elysion, Christe Elysion, Christe Elysion, Kyrie Elysion. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Now the Gloria. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I have to say, I I love the Gloria. The Gloria is um, it's very beautiful. If I mean, if we took away the Nessian Creed, the Gloria... Um, the glory I would, I'd be satisfied with, but I also love the Nessian Creed as well because it, I love it's a profession of faith and it's very beautiful. So um, now we are in the twentieth week in ordinary time, and our readings going to be. I'm going to tell you ahead of time. Try try to be a little different this time, maybe. Um, Yes. Okay, here it is. Okay. It's year uh it's the B cycle. <laughs> I really hate those. It it sounds so artificial. Cycle A, cycle B, cycle um C. It sounds so uh, I don't know, like something corporate. <laughs> All right. The first reading is going to be from the book of Proverbs, or the Proverbs of Solomon, chapter 9, verse 1 to 6. And then the, the Psalms are going to be <clears throat> Psalm 34, 
and the second reading from Ephesians, the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians, um, uh, chapter 5, verse 15 to 20. And then we continue with the gospel. It's the gospel of John. We're picking up exactly from uh, chapter 6, verse 51 to 58. So, wish there was a better than the cycle A, cycle B, cycle C. It sounds so uh, cold. Anyway, so let's begin. Okay, first reading, a reading from the book of the Proverbs of Solomon, chapter 9, verse 1 to 6. A reading from the book of Proverbs. Wisdom has built her house. She has set up seven columns. She has dressed her meat, mixed her wine. Yes, she has spread her table. She has sent out her maidens. She calls from the heights out over the city. Let whoever is simple turn in her. To the one who lacks understanding, she says, Come, eat of my food, and drink of the wine I have mixed. Forsake foolishness that you may live. Advance in the way of understanding. Okay, one more time. Wisdom has built her house. She has set up her seven columns. She has dressed her meat, mixed her wine. Yes, she has spread her table. She has sent out her maidens. She calls from the heights out, of, out over the city. Let whoever is simple turn in her. To the one who lacks understanding, she says, Come and eat of my food and drink of the wine I have mixed. Forsake the foolishness that you may live. Advance in the way of understanding. Okay. Let's do it one more time. A reading from the book of Proverbs. This is a, an outline here. Come, eat of my food and drink of the wine I have mixed. Now, uh, okay, one more time. Let's just read this and then I'll go to the explanation. Wisdom has built her house. She has set up her seven columns. She has dressed her meat, mixed her wine. Yes, she has spread her table. She has set out her maidens, she calls, from the heights out over the city. Let whoever is simple turn in her. To the one who lacks understanding, she says, Come, eat of my food, and drink of the wine I have mixed. Forsake the foolishness that you may live. Advance in the way of understanding. Okay. Okay. So, uh, the Proverbs of Solomon. The book of Proverbs. Wisdom has built her house and she has set up her seven columns. Okay. So, wisdom. It's obviously, in a sense, it's not talk. Uh, it's 
it's referring to the word of the Lord, the word of God, but also it's referring to um, the wisdom that God has given to the world. Now, it's obviously from some theological perspectives. Okay, we know we, we don't refer to God, that God is the spirit of God has any physical attributes, uh, but God does take on uh, the attributes or appropriate the image of a man, a king and a father, but a king, not like human kings. And he's not definitely, he surpasses that of a, of a human father. Uh, and, now, the teaching of God is often, I think, that wisdom is referring to the teachings of God, to the instructions of God. Now, the seven columns, to a Jew, it would probably mean the seven days of the week or the seven spirits of God. It can be that as well. For a Catholic, it could also mean the seven sacraments, you know, um, baptism, confirmation, Holy Eucharist, confession, uh, marriage, uh, holy orders, um, and last rites. Right, those those are the ones that Jesus has has set up and given his given his holy church. Those things are things that we always need to live by, and we live by them because we also have to put the fact in front of us. That we, from from birth to death, we have to live in Christ. We have to live and live our lives in Christ, and live always with the with always last rites, which is last things of our lives. We that we are mortal and we're going to die. Okay, momenta mori. We have only a short lifespan. We don't know how many days we have, and we have to live by them. Now, the part says here and make joyful uh, I'm sorry I'm going to change, change the page of course the seven columns just are, are things that are you know we have to you know we have to live by these things okay she has dressed her meat and mixed her wine dressed her meat mixed her wine the teachings uh, that the, the, whole, the holy word of God that she feeds that she feeds her her faithful, uh, in in our sense, the the meat and wine, uh, the sacraments and teachings of the church. The churches can the church has often been looked on as holy mother, holy mother church, and she's also been addressed, uh, been um, com- uh, looked upon. Also, you can look at her, look on her as the mother of our Lord. She's also picture of the church. She's also picture, and and she's seen as the mother of all Christians. Okay, and she has spread her table again, for a Catholic, for a Catholic Christian, we can look at it as the altar where we receive the body and blood of our Lord as well as the Scripture. She has sent out her maidens; she calls from the heights out over the city. Her, you know, obviously, sending out. Uh, sent out the the word of God. She has sent out her ministers. She has sent out her children. She has sent out her servants to call to call us. 
you know, it's, it's again, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, this is, again, this is ancient language and it's poetic language. It's, it's, um, metaphors, um, to, to communicate the word of God. And that's not a, that's not a strange way. She has sent out her maidens. She calls from the heights out over the city. Let whoever is simple turn in her, turn in her, not whoever is simple turn to her, but turn in her. These are people now is speaking as one who was born in the faith, born within the church, born within the temple, born within the teachings of God. It's not calling to people, just people outside. Obviously, yes, this is again, it's, it's speaking from an Old Testament perspective. Right? Because yet the gospel hasn't gone out to the Gentiles, but it will soon go out to the Gentiles. But let's look at this way. Let's look at Catholics also who are born in the faith and, and don't live in the faith. Catholics and Christians who are born in the faith, baptized, confirmed. All right? It's a greater burden when you're born in the faith and you're indifferent to the faith. You see what I'm saying? How many people are born in the faith? I met Catholics who act like as though they've never been baptized. I met Christian, you know, Catholic Christians. I mean, forget it. it doesn't matter whether you're a Catholic Christian or a non-Catholic, whether you're Orthodox Christian, Coptic, or or even a Protestant. But you act like you've never been baptized. You curse. You drop f bombs. You swear. You use the name of the Lord and you mix it with a with an uh, with an f bomb like his middle initial is F, and you act like you've never been baptized. You act like you've never been taught the faith, and most likely you haven't, because you obviously learned it from probably at home, and I'm not trying to be um, judgmental, but let's face it. I mean, I've met people, you know, there are probably people out there, converts like me, who act like they've never converted, and they can't stop cursing. They can't stop. They act like they never did, and they and they treat. They're very. They trivialize it. They 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 dismiss it like if it's nothing. They don't think it's a big deal. So, those who, who are born like it says, it says, uh, let whoever is simple turn here. In other words, let the person who, who, who doesn't know any better, who still acts like no no changes in their lives. Finally, turn and change and live, live your life in Christ. Live like you're going to be put into judgment. That's another thing. We should live like we're going to be judged. We should live every day of our lives. We should think about the fact that one day we're probably going to be judged. Even all, every single one of us will have to stand and make an account to Jesus Christ of our actions. This is a serious conversion we all have to take. Okay, let whoever is simple turn in her. To the one who lacks understanding, she says, come eat of my food. Meaning, the one who needs to learn more. It doesn't matter if we're a priest, if we're a nun, if we're a deacon, or a pastor, or... Uh, you know, lay minister, whatever. 
It doesn't matter if you didn't think much of religion all your life and maybe you're starting to think of it a little bit. I think we all need to act like we need to learn. Even a Pope needs to learn more. Just because you think you're wise doesn't simple doesn't mean you 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 are. Just because you've been trained in theology doesn't mean that you're living you're living the faith. Sometimes hubris is a great downfall, thinking that you know everything when you don't. And sometimes acting like a Pharisee or acting like, you know, you're stuck up. It doesn't matter. Even I myself, okay, I still have to go to confession. I'm still a sinner and I still have a lot to learn. It's like that saying, the more you know, the more you don't know. You find out you don't know. And I, you know, I need, I need to, to be holy. I need to develop a better relationship with Christ in my life. I need to improve. I need to grow. Not for, for, for vanity's sake, but for personal holiness. I need to convert. I'm not a hundred percent. I'm not, I don't even think sometimes I'm 10% or even 5%. There are days even I question myself and I have to, and I think it's a good thing because I need to improve. All right, let's move on. Um, and, you know, let those, let the one who lacks understanding, she says, come and eat of my food and drink of the wine I have mixed. Like I said, we need to grow more in holiness. We need to study the faith. You should take time. Re- get yourself a catechism. Get the Baltimore Catechism. Doesn't have to be, you know, no one, no one's asking us to be scholars, but to be better, to be better Christians, to be better Catholic Christians. Forsake the foolishness that you have, that that you may live. Advance in the way of understanding. Okay, sometimes. Look, I'm. I had some stupid ideas in my life when I went to art school I wanted to become a comic book artist and I wanted to become uh, I had the idea that one day I'll have a great career and I'll be making these fantastic fantasy and it never happened and and, and maybe that God didn't want it to happen for me Um, then now I look at the industry I see how paganistic it is yeah, I see how paganistic the stuff is. It's uh, it doesn't lead to to perfection. I've seen grown men at my job who are living in their childhood fantasies, still living in it, still obsessed with it. And I'm going to honestly say, I'm glad I didn't go into that because maybe if I did have that success, would I have had, would, would I've had the opportunity of becoming Catholic? If I didn't meet my friend, Ron and Sarah, who introduced me to Father Richard, would I have been Catholic today? It, if I had gotten the job I did, I probably would never have met him. God has, God has had his hand in my life. And he has his hand in all our lives and will lead us to becoming more holy. We 
we need to let go of certain things and realize that God had other plans for us and other directions that we needed we needed to go. Okay, so let's move on to the psalm. Okay, Psalm 34. The response is, taste and see the goodness of the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be ever in my mouth. Let my soul glory in the Lord. The lowly will hear me and be glad. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us together extol his name. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from all my fears. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. Look to him that you may be radiant with joy, and your faces may not blush with shame. When the poor one called out, the Lord heard, and from all his, from all his distress he saved him. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. Okay. I will bless the Lord with, at all times. His praise shall be ever in my mouth. Let my soul glory in the Lord. The lowly will hear me and be glad. Okay, so Psalm 34 here. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be ever in my mouth. Let my soul glory in the Lord. The lowly will hear me and be glad. The lowly will hear. It's interesting how it goes from there to the first, uh, how it ends there, right? I will bless the Lord at all times. Now, the person here is talking about the lowly, the humble, or maybe those who feel they are not worthy when they hear what God has done, that he will also, yeah, obviously this person associates with the lowly the way Christ associated himself with uh, sinners they will hear what the Lord what the Lord has done and they will rejoice and be glad they will that way this will show them that God has eyes for those who are humble those who are meek those who those who often are ignored and neglected that God has eyes for the poor. God's, God has eyes and mercy for the simple. They will taste and see the goodness of the Lord. They, in a sense, it's almost like feeding, uh, you know, getting fed by God. God's mercy is food. All right. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us together extol his name. I sought the Lord and he answered me. And delivered me from all my fears. Glorify the Lord with me. He's calling people to glorify the Lord. Let us together extol his name. Let us praise the name of, the, of God. I sought the Lord and he answered me. And he delivered me from all my fears. The Psalms are very beautiful. They're very beautiful to encouragement to pray. You could use them for prayer. They're meant for prayer. They're the, the, the prayer book of the church. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. Look to him that you may be radiant with joy. Your faces may not blush with shame. In other words, look to God. Look to him. Focus on him. That way, your fears, your sins, your shame, whatever sinful state you're in will be taken away. 
You won't, your shame will be taken away. When the poor one called out, the Lord heard. You see how it always goes back to the poor. And from all his distress, he saved him. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. So this is, again, when you read this and you listen to what the book of Proverbs is saying, you can see it's always talking about those who are simple. It's not always talking about the wise. It's not always talking about the, the, the smart, like the Pharisees. The Pharisees used religion to dominate themselves, to, to have dominance over the poor. It often happens that way. Okay, unfortunately, there's no religion that escapes it. Even Christianity doesn't always escape it. But even the very words of the Christian faith condemn those who put themselves in power. You know, who, who use it for their personal benefit. Not to teach, not to, to teach those. Because often, there's no other religion that actually does this. That the very words condemn those who seek power. And Christianity and Jude Christianity, the word of God, the Judeo-Christian faith, does this. It speaks against those who are arrogant. And it speaks to those who are humble. When Jesus came around, when Jesus came, he exposed this and he taught the apostles how to do this to show that the faith was never for those who, are, who thought themselves perfect. It's for everyone who is not perfect. Even the one who is in power, the one who's enriched, the one who's wise, the one who knows how to use their wits to gain control, it condemns them. All right? It condemns them. Everything that the Pharisees did, when we speak about religious, we speak about those in power, like the Pharisees, it exposes them as hypocrites. John the Baptist called them brood of vipers. Uh, according to tradition, the vipers, the snakes, hatch in their mother and eat their way out through their mother, killing their mother in the process. John the Baptist called them that, and that was a great insult to them. So, all right, let's move on to Ephesians. All right, now Ephesians. Okay, a reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Excuse me. Uh, chapter 5, verse 15 to 20. Okay. Okay. Reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians. Watch carefully how you live. Not as foolish persons, but as wise, making the most of the opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not continue in ignorance, but try to understand what is the will of the Lord and do not get drunk on wine in which lies in which lies in which lies debauchery but be filled with the spirit addressing one another in psalms hymns and spiritual songs singings and playing in the Lord in your hearts giving thanks always and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God the Father. All right, let's look at it one more time. 
A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 15 to 20. Watch carefully how you live, not as foolish persons, but as wise, making the most of the opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not continue in ignorance, but try to understand what is the will of the Lord, and do not get drunk on wine, in which lies debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and playing to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks always and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God the Father. To God the Father. Amen. Okay. It sounds very similar to Proverbs, don't you think? I mean, he, he, he's talking to people, again, he's not talking to people who don't know the faith. He's talking to the people who are born in the faith. Remember about turn in me? Not those outside to turn, but those who are born in the faith. Again, it's, it's warning. The warning is about those who are born in the faith. Okay. Okay, the, the proverb said, Okay, let whoever is simple turn in here, turn in here. I'm, maybe I might have said her, but turn in here. I'm sorry if I mis mispronounced that. Let whoever or misread that. Let whoever is simple turn in here. Okay, okay. The one who is lacks understanding, she says, come eat of my food again. But just like that is compare that to Paul's, to what Paul is saying to Christians in Ephesia, in the church. He warned them about getting lax. He warned them about getting spiritually lazy or getting hubris, all right, and turning back to, to, to old bad habits, all right? You were, you, you were baptized, now you're in the faith, and even someone who grew up in the faith, let's say they were converts. Now, you know, those, they're converts from outside. But what about inside? You, also, you, you still need a lot of conversion. Because you're going to take everything for granted. You're going to take everything you learn for granted. And sadly, a lot of times, you know, they, 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 it's funny what they say. A lazy Catholic or a bad educated Catholic makes a fantastic Protestant. But a Protestant who's very, very sharp and very much to their faith makes a better Catholic. It's, it's, it's true. Because what happens is, is that a lot of times people who are in their faith have contempt for their faith. And they don't learn this just on their own. They learn this from other, other Catholics. They sometimes even learn it from bad ministers. You know, if you have a priest <clears throat> who is very liberal, a minister who's very liberal, a bishop who's very liberal, a lot of times the bishop kind of like snubs his nose at the teachings of the church or the priest snubs his, his nose at the teaching of the church. Guess what? He's going to produce lay people who are going to do the same thing. Okay? He's going to do, they're going to behave exactly the same way. But being humble 
Because a lot of times people, what happens is, I'm going to say the words, smart asses in the, in the faith, even like bishops and priests, and a lot of lay people who work around the bishop and the priests, you know, they kind of like develop their own little private party. I've noticed this a lot. They tend to be the ones who are the worst. All right? Anybody who questions them, they snub their nose at them. Anybody who comes in humbly and asking about why, you know, you know, questioning about certain ways that the, the faith is being taught in a particular parish, they snub their nose at that person. You know, we're the one in charge here. We know what we you know what we know what we're doing. We don't need you telling us what to do. It happens and it causes it then starts to spread like a cancer throughout the parish. It starts to spread like even throughout the church. It be it you know, it, it starts to spread. And it and it causes a lot of people it scandalizes people. It scandalizes, you know, a lot of other people. Some people may even to the point where they'll stop going to church. You know, and it it begins to hurt them. It hurts their families, it hurts their children, it hurts their parents, it hurts everybody. The faith is always asking us to conversion. Conversion makes us better people. Practic being devout, devout and pious, all right, it makes us better people, makes us better people, makes us better human beings. That's why we always got to keep scratching the surface, asking questions about the words in a humble way. And also prayer. Prayer is the most important thing. A lot of times we don't encourage prayer. You know, we should have good Bible study in parishes. We should have uh, a lot of community things. All right. We should uh, even those those lay people who are assigned to it. You know, don't be so comfortable, I think, in in what you taught, what you've been taught. Okay? It may be it may have been good the first time around, but you gotta realize sometimes even the best of teachers can be wrong. Like, you know, you've been to, like you went to some community Catholic program or something. Always realize that not Every single college-educated scholarly thing you learned is is really fit for parish life, is really fit for uh, all parishioners. Piety. Piety is always, I think, the key. And always sticking to the, to the saints. A lot of times I noticed certain Catholic... Bible programs, even ones I mistakenly bought on Kindle or bought from a bookstore that says Catholic is not always good. The best one is sticking is sticking to orthodoxy. And a lot of times, uh, sadly to say, there's a lot of Catholic Bible programs uh, that teach you how to teach the scriptures are not always pious and are not, are not always orthodox. They're just they're, they're from a secular humanist perspective and they're very dangerous and they can lead to people uh, scandalizing them and hurting them. It's not, it's not always, you know, it's not always perfect. Paul is telling people to stay pious and holy. Always realize that 
we're always in, in judgment. A lot of the stuff that don't lead to piety, don't lead to more faith and more prayer, is equal to murdering a person's faith. So be careful of it, really. Be very careful of it. All right, let's move on to the gospel. Okay, so now we get to the gospel. Uh, the Alleluia Antiphon uh, is from the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 56. Alleluia, Alleluia, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him, says the Lord. Alleluia, Alleluia. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him, says the Lord. Alleluia, Alleluia. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him, says the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John, chapter 6, verse 51 to 58. My flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the crowds, I am the living bread that comes down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. The Jews quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I have life because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still, who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. Okay, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, one more time. The the. Jesus said to the crowds, Jesus said to the crowds, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world, for the life of the world. The Jews quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? to eat. Jesus said to them, Amen, Amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. For the flesh, for my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I have life because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unless, 
unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> so, last week we did the... Um, it was uh, on the 19th Sunday we read from the same passage, uh, the Gospel of John on the Eucharist. And I think that's very good because unfortunately, like I said earlier, there's a lot of people who don't believe in the real presence, okay? They don't really believe that the Eucharist they receive is the body and blood and soul divinity of Jesus Christ. And unfortunately, there's been a lot of abuses, a lot of serious, serious abuses. There's been a lot of people, uh, and I think it's because a lot of it is the way we practice uh, giving out uh, communion to, in the Norris Order. We're very, very loose. I mean, a lot of times we don't know the people who come into the church, maybe there's strangers and strange faces who are not Catholic. You know, a lot of them could be evangelicals, just curious what goes on in a, in a, in a, in a Catholic service. And they come in and they see people walking up to receive Holy Communion. A lot of it, I think, is because the fact we permit uh, distributing Holy Communion in the hand. And that's that's never been, here's a thing a lot of people may have a hard time understanding it because the ones who seem to have even hard time understanding it is a lot of our priests, a lot of our bishops, a lot of them who have been, who may have been grown up in the, uh, the Novus Ordo. The Novus Ordo is the mass, the, the style of the mass today. The, I, I'm using the word style because there's lack of an, another word. It means new order. Okay. The mass that we have today is redesigned from the old mass, which was the traditional Latin mass. There's a lot of similarities to it and a lot of that's not similar. You probably heard the arguments about or a lot of talk about the Pope is motus, motus proprio, his new order, his new di, di, uh, edict. There's a traditional Latin mass that's older than the mass that we go to on our Sundays. The ones that we go to isn't a vernacular. Okay, meaning it's in English. It can be also in Spanish. It could be in Portuguese. It can be in African. It could be in Arabic. It could be in um, Russian. It could be in Polish. Meaning in the vernacular, the language of the people. The traditional Latin Mass was the one not in the language of the people, but in old, in, in Latin, which was like what the Romans used to speak. And so... It was cons it's considered still sacred language to the church today, but it was actually the language of the Romans. And in that time, in the in in the, in the days of the apostles, the mass was not everywhere in Latin. It was either in Aramaic in the Holy Land or in, like you say, Greek in other lands, maybe. Uh, but you know. In 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 time, the language, as as the, as the world grew and changed and evolved, uh, every everywhere developed their old, you know, their own style of you know sacred language like Aramaic, Syriac, in the Arabic lands became the sacred language because as time changed, the language on the street changed, but their liturgy stuck in the oh, stuck in the ancient language. 
because it's easier. Latin is the reason why Latin is loved by a lot of traditional Catholics, Orthodox Catholics. It's because you can't play with it. You see, the problem is a lot of people go to a more Orthodox mass because they're tired. Like myself, I can't stand the music in my local parish. I mean, sometimes they do play beautiful music. They sing beautifully. They do a lot of stuff in, you know, they do it beautifully, but I can't stand guitars. I cannot stand a guitar hippie music. I hate it. I hate it. I can't stand it. It's, it's not for me. I can't pray in that kind of music. I, and, and I, and it, and it's, it sounds like Woodstock. I can, I don't like it. And a lot of times there's a lot of abuses. Okay. <clears throat> in other parishes, it can go wild. And I heard if you go on YouTube, you will see clown masses. You'll see the priest, sometimes even a cardinal or a bishop wearing a clown nose and they have a clown dancing around the altar. In San Francisco, they got a little ballsy, extremely ballsy. They um, had naked people dancing around the altar, practically. Yeah, doing some kind of um, modernist dance. There's gay masses. Yes. There's uh, <clears throat> puppet masses. The, the the this is this is the argument that's happening and for those who take their faith very seriously very seriously who study the faith who live the faith who love the faith and I'm not trying to say they're better than you but let's face it to, to other catholics they don't take it seriously they just don't they think it's wonderful there's some people who are okay with this kind of stuff and they're okay with it because it's fun. What's so bad about it? It makes church a little interesting. That's how people think. The problem is it doesn't. It scandalizes the faith. It destroys the sacred. There are people who think, you know, that this kind of stuff is okay. And the problem is it's not okay. I think the reason why some people think it's okay, it's because <clears throat> they don't take the faith seriously. Sorry my throat but the point is it's the ancient faith to the to, to people like myself I don't like it I don't like these abuses look I'll give you an example there are people who took the Eucharist the body and blood of the Lord and some people left it in the pews they dumped it in the pews there are other people who are Satanists who take the body and blood of the Lord they walk up and because there's because they received it in their hand, they pretend they put it in their mouth and they pocketed it and they took it back to a satanic ritual to defile it, to desecrate it. Okay, to blaspheme it. All right. Yes, that has happened in Spain. I mentioned this maybe in maybe podcasts in the past, but there was a young modern uh, a modernist artist, an installation artist. This is an artist that will make anything into art, and he that that don't bother to question what, how that is. You have to look at the stuff to see that is completely trash. He took he went to every single parish around Barcelona. Um, I don't know all the details, and he collected consecrated hosts. And he made art out of it. Yes. 
uh, another Catholic came and collected, uh, did reparation and took all the blessed sacraments, put them in the jar and took it back to a bishop to whatever the proper, uh, proper thing to do is. This is the problem. And this is where, where, where people like myself, I take it very seriously, these, 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 these blasphemies. And I take it very seriously what has, you know, uh, I think the abuses and the lax, the laxidity, the, the laziness. And I think the problem is, is because we, we live in a very, very secular culture. Um, we don't, a lot of us don't take it seriously because we're not living the faith at home seriously. Uh, some people in our church, I mean, look, there was one where if go, go online, there's a, what do you call, um, look, look up these things about the masses. You'll come across them. There's one called complacent clergy. These are Catholic sites that have shown up. There's, I don't know where this particular mass was, but they turn it into a discotheque. If you look, you'll notice the nuns are, these are nuns dressed quite orthodox they got their masks on i think and they're spinning around like <coughs> like it's woodstock like a like it's a, a nightclub there's flashes of neon disco lights flashing all over the place there's people dancing by the altar in the uh on the altar by the altar where the altar is you'll see priests doing disco dancing in their vestments now you some people think it's okay Ask yourself really about that person, what, 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 what the liturgy is supposed to be. Ask yourself. This is why, this is why young people, the, oh, see that the problem with the mass, with the, with the, a lot of the clergy, they come from the hippie Woodstock generation. And many of those people have adopted a very revolutionary progressive attitude. Now, revolutionary progressive attitudes have two, I've learned so far lately, two goals. One, to destroy the old culture. Yes, the word progressive is just another word for socialist, for Marxist and socialist. It, it has two goals, destroy the old culture undermine it, destroy it, uh, remove any respect towards it. You know, this could be done through education, making people question, like this is, this is basically what happened with, uh, with a lot of, a lot of people. Why, you know, and, and they do that. They do that in many ways. One is they destroy family. They destroy marriage. They question marriage. They make it into like, you see, oppressive they turn they turn the culture on itself. This is why you hear a lot of stuff against whites and you know white oppression, white all that stuff is all Marxist progressive teaching. And they taught that in in in, in the schools. The schools are state run, they're city run, and therefore a lot of the teachers in the schools are Marxist. A lot of those teachers came into Catholic schools. And a lot of them also decided to do this. Now, how do you do it? You make the people question their, the, 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 the culture. In the Catholic Church, 
many of them made made people question the faith. They didn't just enter the local Catholic parish churches. They entered Catholic universities. And this is where you get social justice. Social justice comes in and it takes uh, the place of spiritual stuff, the, the spiritual teaching of the church, the theology of the church, moral theology, spiritual theology, uh, all those things which is about God. It suddenly don't look for pie in the sky. We have to take care of things on earth. You may be, maybe some of you might have heard um, the Jesuit doctrine, um, liberation theology. Liberation theology is a Marxist socialist doctrine. It's a teaching that many Jesuits adopted and they, they basically make you look at the church, look at the faith as merely human, not divine. This is why someone like James Martin can preach uh, his, his gay agenda, his, you know, father, James Rainbow Martin, he teaches that and he teaches the church changes attitude about homosexual and gay marriage. And all this stuff is to undermine it, to undermine the church, to undermine the teaching. It's, a, it's, it's, it's an attack, an attack from within. The enemy that you don't notice is the enemy from within. This is why a lot of people, this is why they focused on this stuff in a lot of seminaries, why our priests don't teach the faith. Because a lot of them don't know the faith. This is why a lot of them always question the faith. It's called subverting. It's called deconstructing. To de de deconstruct Jesus, deconstruct the apostles, de deconstruct the Catholic Church, question all these things. This is what Marxist ideology does. It goes into the it goes into the church. It goes into the culture public schools, colleges, and universities, and it makes you question it. I'm not a complete expert at it, but this is what I have learned from all the, all the things that I've read. And this is why I've often questioned why these things are happening. When I learned about liberation theology, I've heard so much about it. It, it has a very cold, even the title, liberation theology. And a lot of Jesuits have been adopted. The Jesuits have become a church unto themselves within the church. Sure, they'll say, yes, they have a Pope now, Pope Papa Francisco. He's a Jesuit. And I think a lot of, a lot of the things we have to understand about him is that he went through some trials in Argentina where I think he questioned himself. This is why I think his attitude towards uh, this whole thing against the Latin mass, because the Latin mass to a lot of people, it's very vertical. It goes from you to God. The priest is at Orientum, facing the tabernacle, facing east. And a lot of the stuff in the, in the Novus Ordo, our local masses, a lot of things were done wrong. There's a lot of things. It never said Latin was not to be used. It never said the priest was to face the people, and it never said that to get past communion in the hands. None of those things are in the documents about the liturgy. The liturgy that we have, the, the, the Nobis Ordo, can be done with some Latin. It can be done with some um, vernacular in it. 
it can be done not being not passing communion in the hands because it, there's no document that says you should receive communion in the hands. A lot of our priests don't know this. I'm sorry to say this. A lot of them don't know this. And I think that's done deliberately. I think to keep them ignorant. I think they are sent out ignorant from the seminaries, not knowing the official Orthodox teachings of the church. Because a lot of them were locally trained, trained here in the United States. A lot of our bishops don't know the faith that, that well. And I know it sounds, it sounds hilarious, but you remember, if you have priests that don't know the faith and they become bishops, then you shouldn't be so surprised. The, the faith has been undermined. The theology of the church has been undermined. And this caused a lot of Catholics, more Catholics to leave the church than Catholics like myself to enter the church. This is why I do a podcast. I love the Catholic faith. I believe in the Catholic faith. And I believe one day, I think things are going to get better. I think things are going to get better. This is why you have Church Militant. This is why you have LifeSite News. This is why you have Taylor Marshall. This is why you have podcasts like Return to Tradition. This is why you have also uh, Amber Rose, the uh, the young lady who's 22 years old. She has a, a podcast and a YouTube channel. Uh, she refers to herself as the religious hippie. Uh, you have many young people and you have many of them who who reject all this modernist garbage. Like myself, I reject it. This is why you have people like Tim Gordon. This is why you have uh, Matt Fred. This is why you have uh, other uh, Catholic podcasters. And yes, because the Holy Spirit is changing things around. This is why also I think you got shows like The Chosen. Uh, coming from an evangelical camp, with a a, a, a a the leading actor who plays Jesus is a Catholic, and he's in a he's in that show, and it I and it's it, you, I don't know if you heard the reports, Jonathan Rumi and Dallas Jenkins, Jonathan Rumi who plays Jesus in the Chosen, and Dallas Jenkins who's the director and producer, they went to Rome, and it's a big hit in Italy, a a, a crowd funded show that's free, is number one being watched by. Italian Catholics, you're getting the restoration of the church. It's happening. The Holy Spirit is moving and it's going to fix things. The Holy Spirit is going to fix everything. The problems that are going on in the church, all these guys who are badly mal taught or educated, who don't know the faith, Blaise Supich, uh, Cardinal Dolan, all these, uh, uh, Cardinal Whirl and, and, and all the other ones, all these rainbow mafia, uh, clergy, they're going to disappear. They're going to go, they're going to just going to go to the ash heaps of history. No one's going to want to remember them because they're going to go and be judged by our Lord. And God, I hope they repent and go to, and, and, and go to heaven, repent of everything they've been taught. Things are going to get better, people. It will get better. And and we will take part in the restoration of the faith. There'll be a whole new Catholic culture rising up. And these guys, 
the, the, the sexual predators and everything else, they're going to disappear. Christ has not abandoned his church. All right? But sadly, we always got to be on guard for Judas and his disciples like these guys. All right, let's end it with, uh, let's start with a, uh, with a messing creed. We should go to that. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father, before all ages. God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father, through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day, in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father, he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and of his kingdom and of his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God bless, folks. All right. God bless.